too fast to prepare for this. Tripping in the world could be dangerous. Everybody circling as vultures. Negative, nepotist. Everybody waiting for the fall of man. Everybody praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Heart of the Order brought to you by ThoughtsFromTheBench.com. My name is Greg McAfee. I'm hitting in the three-hole, and I'm here with co-host Greg Malik hitting in the four-hole and Dre Fry hitting in the five-hole. It's another week of great baseball talk, boys. How you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I got no complaints right now. Uh, you know, I guess the only real complaint, actually, I got one complaint. Uh, softball team, Boston Championship, just put them on a nice little pedestal last week and then crash and burn. So, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Trey, how much, the did name guys, of the game, how, much, how much did you guys lose by tonight? I guess, uh, I don't want to say, but I guess if I have to say, let's just say we didn't play the full game. Oh, it was a mercy It was bad all around. Bad defense. Couldn't bats and show up. And, you know, we thought we could get momentum, but it just didn't happen for us. So, whatever. Uh, there'll be another season coming soon. Uh, so, uh, next week, actually, summer league starts. So, we'll see how that goes. There you go. Well, there that's a go. that's a hell of an off season for you, man. How are you gonna go into this? You gonna start scouting some new talent? Uh, you gonna look at some new approaches? Maybe change up your swing a little bit? Look at thinking about changing positions? I mean, what's the strategy? Uh, well, not really like my approach to it. Uh, maybe if anything, uh, take away some of our depth because we have a lot of we have a lot of extra guys, and you want to try to get everybody out there. You know, because they're all part of the team. You can't just, you know, bench people. But I think the biggest thing that's going to benefit us is switching up fields. Uh, the field we play right now is honestly it's a football field. So left field is literally a hundred yards, and right field's like sixty-five. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it it's <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. Damn. And we got forced to play there. So cutting, so cutting some excess talent in order to move into a brand new stadium. Well, you sound like a small market team, all right, man. Hey, we live in a small we live in a small market town, so we're used to it. <laughs> it's like literally, you got to get everyone out there. Everyone's got to play three outs. Everyone's got to get in that bat. <laughs> hey, whenever you know, whenever you sign that dotted line, you expect that, and you know, so you got to get everybody out there. I always want to play all the time, no matter what. But I will always want to make sure everybody else plays. So I don't mind sitting for an inning or two. Uh, and I only play outfield, so like I'm, I tried third base. I'm in two different leagues. I tried third base the other day, and I'm telling you, it is, uh, bro, it's it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> I've, played, I've scary. played there before. It's scary. Like you get the big guys up who really get around on the ball, and it's absolutely scary. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, actually, on my other team yesterday when I was playing third base, uh, I got in the dugout, and the pitcher's like, 
yeah, I was throwing them all outside and hopefully they're taking them to right because I saw you were over there, Dre, and I didn't want to, I don't want to have to put you in a bind there. And I was like, well, I appreciate that brother. Thank you so much. You know? And I was like, I'm never, I'm not coming back here to play third. Yeah. Play a little first, but you know, first is nothing. Yeah. First isn't too bad. First definitely isn't too bad. But all right, guys, um, it's been an exciting week of baseball since the last time we talked. Um, so we can kick off this week's episode with favorite moment of the week, um, like we always do, kind of, every now and then. Um, does anyone want to start off? Anyone got a, a favorite moment they want to share? Mine is very simple. Uh, it is going to be yesterday watching the MLB draft and seeing Adley Rushman go number one overall to the Baltimore Orioles and seeing him with his entire family cheering him on as he got the call and saw his name on TV. That's something that is going to stay with him forever. And, guys, I kid you not when I say this, Adley Rushman is going to be an all-star in three years. Three years? Yes. Damn. I don't doubt it. Everything you read on the kid, I mean, he got a very good bat, and his defense is even better. Uh, you know, and, He's a switch-hitting catcher. Yeah. I mean, like, that's rare. Yeah. I mean, he's the first catcher to go number one, I believe, since Maurer. Uh, yes. If yeah. I recall, mm-hmm. so that yep. should tell last, all. You, that should tell all you two, need to tell. The last two catchers to go number one overall were Joe Mauer and BJ Surhoff. Mm-hmm. It's not and, that company being. Yeah, it's not. A good company. I thought Joey Bart went number one, but I realized you know after a little bit of research, he actually went two, which was the highest a catcher has went since I guess Zunino. Zunino went four, if I recall correctly. But, uh, yeah, it was three or four. I can't remember off the top of my some, head. Somewhere yeah. around there, but it's going number one overall. I uh, mm-hmm. should tell all you need to know about his talent. Uh, I, Malik, I don't doubt that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't doubt that take at all. In fact, I just want to throw, I just want to double down and say, I believe you a hundred percent and he will 100% be an also in the next three years. Mm-hmm. The Orioles got a good one. Yeah. And also fun fact for, uh, the pirate fans out there. Quinn Priester, who was taken 18th overall, he was the first high school pitcher taken last night at 18. So just think about that. that. In, in every in every draft that has occurred over the last few years, you're all, you always see a high school pitcher taken in the top 10. Quinn Priester was the first high school pitcher taken in this year's draft. And that, he they, he was at like 18, right? At 18. Yeah. That tells you a number of things. That tells you how weak the high school pitching market this year, but it also tells you just how strong the hitter group was this year, that it was hard to pass up on very good hitters this year. True. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to see it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these players turn out. Um I mean, it's always it's always fun to see kind of how they move through the system and I mean, like like we kind of discussed in last week's episode, it it seemed like it was a hitter heavy draft and the the pitching wasn't as good in this year's draft. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. They said it was very weak, uh, you know. And Nick Lodolo, uh, you know, when we talked, we talked a little bit about Carter Stewart and how he kind of went, how the route he took in terms of you know going back into the pool, and you saw his value kind of dip. Lodolo did the same when he was taken very low, you know, followed through his commitment. Because uh, he was drafted by the Pirates last year at 41, I believe, and then this no, year from back. Years ago, man. Was it three? Was it that long ago? Three years, was, man. I could have swore it was last year. No, nope. I could, at least two years. Because last year was uh, 
Garrett Hoglin. So, Gunner, Gunner, Garrett, Gunner, last name <laughs> This is a reoccurring theme um, over the course of the past two weeks of Dre making a statement and Mallet correcting him. Yeah, hey. and because of that, he ruined my draft watching yesterday. So I'm kind of <laughs> salty at him. Wait, about it. wait. So were you were you not watching the draft at the time he texted the group chat? I was watching it live as it was happening, and Dre decided to spoil it for me because he was watching Twitter and saw on Twitter that he got taken. Oh, okay. I was wondering how, kind of how that worked out to where he knew before you did. <laughs> yeah. That's a rule that I always tell Derek, especially when we watch the NFL draft. Never, ever look at your phone because you are going to get spoiled if you're on Twitter. And what does this kid do? He spoils it for me. Dre right. money. So, <laughs> In my defense, in my defense, I wasn't watching the draft, so I only had Twitter. Shout out to Jeff Passan, who gave me all the picks up to date. Did not realize that, you know, he wasn't, he was so far ahead to the point where it actually would spoil it for you. Didn't really, you know, I, and rookie mistake by me considering NFL draft him off Twitter for that exact reason. Didn't realize that's how it would happen in MLB, so that's but, my bad. He was like, he was but, like, Woj, he was like, Woj during the NBA draft. Essentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you doubled down on it and then said, this is what you get for correcting you all last week. So I, I, did I don't do want to hear it, Trey. I don't want to hear it, Trey. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's how it goes uh, here at Heart of the Orders. How it goes. we got a lot of hostility we, here. <laughs> we we have fun, though. We have yeah, fun. Yes, we, we do. We yes. definitely do have some fun. Dre, how about your favorite moment of the week, buddy? My favorite moment of the week actually did not happen in Major League Baseball. It happened in College World Series, uh, that West Virginia-Texas A&M game. Uh, absolutely insane. The walk-off grand slam by A&M to win it. Absolutely bonkers. The bat flip was insane. He crushed the ball over the center, left center field wall. It was it was, it was, was crazy. It was one of the craziest moments I've seen in a baseball game this year. Uh, so my shout-out goes off to them because, again, there's some excitement in College World Series. I don't really like to wake up for it, but that specifically uh, kind of got me out of my seat. It was, again, it was awesome. You know, and I'm not a crazy Pitt fan, but, like, I don't like West Virginia at all. So to see them kind of lose in how they lost, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So that would be my favorite member of the week. I mean, college baseball is fun to watch. Oh, it for sure is. I can't wait for the College World Series. Yeah, it is. And the wild thing is, too, uh, side tip about A&M, uh, their heckling of other players, uh, like the fans, it's something to behold. If you – so if the opposing pitcher – and this didn't happen in this game, but if the opposing pitcher throws four straight balls, they count every single ball, and they just scream at the top of their lungs, like, five, five. Five, five, and it, it rattles, it rattles. I saw all, I saw it get all the way up to nine. Like, I gotta send you guys this video because it's, <laughs> it's a poor kid, man. He just melted out there and just walked two straight people on like nine, ten pitches. And it's, it's honestly incredible. So, uh, I've, I've, know, seen, they're, they're I've seen it fans. before. I've seen it before. It's wild. Like, they get in the pitcher's heads. Like, it's crazy. Talk about Cueto dropping the ball. Like, that's, that's <laughs> next level. That is next level. That definitely is next level. I'm trying to – so I had um, a moment picked out, and it was actually um, from 
the college softball World Series. And I'm trying to find, like, softball is, like, amazing to me at times because of what the pitchers do. Like, they can go out and throw, like, 13 innings or something like that and then come back and do it again the next day. And the UCLA's pitcher threw, her stat line was ridiculous. Hold on, I can't find it now, though. Um, Hold on, guys. Bear with me here. Bear with me. Anyway, she threw, like, I think it was, like, 10 innings, 11 innings, and she only had one hit throughout the entire game. Struck out, like, 16 batters or something like that and hit the walk-off home run to win it in the 10th inning of the game, in an elimination game. My God. Yeah. (laughs) She had one hit in the entire game, and it was the walk-off winner home run. It was a walk-off winner home run um, and had, like, 16... 16 strikeouts on the mound, 10 innings. It was, I'm trying to find, but of course they don't have the like up to date stuff on. Hold on, let me see if I can find this. Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. I believe, I think it was UCLA. Yeah, no, it it definitely was UCLA. I'm just trying to find, I'm trying to find the stat line because I looked at it and I was like, and then it just goes back to this. All right, we'll just move on because it's rerouting me and then rerouting me again, and I'm not I'm not for ESPN right now. It's being a pain in the ass. But that was my favorite moment of the week <laughs> from the college softball World Series, guys. Um, <laughs> so uh, so before we spoke last week, um, the All Star voting for the MLB All Star game had just begun to start. Um, so tonight we decided that we would each draft our MLB All-Star team. And do you guys want to do this in drafting order like we would do for draft day? Or do you want to do this like just pick a, pick a team straight up? I feel like we should just pick a team straight up because I feel like drafting would just get way too complicated and we'd probably be struggling to figure out who deserves it, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I just wanted to, I just wanted to you know, check to make sure, see what, see what the options were here. Does anyone want to go first then? And do we want to do AL or NL first? I say we do AL first. Okay. Um, and you know what? I I'll start this okay. one actually. Just go straight I'll, down. I'll, just go straight down the line. Soft or starting pitcher to outfielder. I can pick one starting pitcher. Oh, I did not. I did not realize that. Um. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. We don't pick. Hey, we don't pick pitchers when we usually do the ballots. So this is throwing me off a little bit. <laughs> True. That is um, true. That is true. Yeah. All right. So pitchers. Uh, I think for AL, I'm gonna go with Verlander. Okay. Uh, I think Verlander is having a great first start to the season. Uh, he looks like the Verlander of old, uh, and I, I think he is definitely deserving of the starting nod right now. Um, trying to think of like who I had because I had this written down last week until you guys decided not to show it and I threw <laughs> the paper away. So I'm like, crap. Now I'm like, have to like remember everything from the top of my head. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So catcher, I'm going to go Gary Sanchez, of the Yankees. Uh, I think he is having a great resurgence after a very, very abysmal last year. Um, first base was really tough. I remember when I looked at it and I'm going to be a little surprising. I'm going to go Luke Voigt. Another, I'm going another Yankee. 
Yeah, but there wasn't really any first baseman. It's not like the National League, man. There's a National League, you could argue there were like five guys you could pick for your starting first baseman, but AL was really kind of lacking. Oh, it's not. It's not that. It's the fact that I also had Luke Voigt on my ballot. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Spoiler, right, Luke Voigt's my first baseman. All right. Uh, my second baseman, uh, Dre, you might like this one. I'm going to go Brandon Lowe uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm thinking – like that. Yeah, he he's having a very, very solid – he technically rookie year, actually, for uh, the Rays this year. So I'm going to go with him. Shortstop, I feel like this one should be very obvious. I'm going to go Jorge Polanco. Yeah. Uh, he – he is arguably leading the Minnesota Twins right now, and he is putting up very, very ridiculous numbers. He could be in conversation for MVP when all is said and done. Um, my third base, this one was also kind of tough, uh, but I, I'm gonna go Rafael Devers. Uh, it, it might scoops. be kind of, yeah, this one might be. A, it scoops? might be kind. Yeah, Rafi scoops, man. He, he it's gonna be kind of. It's going to be really tough to justify it because he's a rookie, but at the same time, like the impact that he's had since he's been brought up to Boston is definitely been unheard of. And like I said, it's kind of weak on the, on the AL side this year in terms of guys to go forth. So I'm going to kind of lean towards that. My outfield. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, my three guys. I'm going to go Joey Gallo because the power numbers that he is putting up this year are absolutely insane. Uh, next, I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout, it's kind of obvious. Uh, he's having another great all-around year. And my final outfielder from the American League, it's going to be Austin Meadows. Makes sense. Makes sense. Austin, Austin Meadows' numbers are just absurd. He is on a team that no one is watching right now, not even the own city of Tampa, which averages about 9,000 fans a game. Hold on. Dre is, and that's, Dre is watching them. Dre is watching them. Yeah, Dre is watching Yeah. So <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous that no one is watching this team because Austin Meadows is on fire right now, and he is absolutely deserving of the All-Star nod. So that is my American League team. He's 100% deserving of the All-Star nod. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he is putting out MVP-type numbers. Uh, you know, carrying that offense when he got hurt, kind of see him take a step back. But now that he's back, he's really kind of hit the ground running again. Uh, and as a Pirates fan, honestly, you expected this. Uh, this is the kind of thing that he was capable of doing. Uh, I didn't expect him to be at this high level, but I can understand 100% why you put him in an all-star game. And, you know, if you're a race fan like me, who likes to watch a race, you know, second favorite team behind the Pirates, then, yeah, uh, you're very appreciative that uh, Austin Meadows is doing this. I like your lineup, Mac, uh, Malik. Uh, there, are some, there are some obvious snubs. I'm going to get to them here. Uh, but you also put in some deserving people, so I can't really fault you for that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with my – I'm going to go uh, pitching as well. Uh, Justin Verlander, uh, you couldn't make a case for Oda Rizzi, but, you know, when you put the numbers up uh, side by side, uh, the clear-cut choice here is Verlander, no doubt about it. Uh, he's putting up another Cy Young season. It's been absolutely incredible, to say the least. So, yeah, he would start for me as well. Uh, and catcher is Gary Sanchez, another obvious choice. Uh, no need to elaborate there. He is actually the reason the Yankees are – as good as they are, he kind of helped carry that offense throughout the injuries. First base, uh, 
I thought I could get a little interesting here, but this is a very, very weak first baseman class in the AL. Uh, everyone is on the ballot. Uh, outside of Jose Abreu, I don't see anyone other deserving outside of Luke Voigt, as I said earlier. Uh, second base, if Altuve wasn't slumping, I would throw him out there because I truly believe that the stars, the best of the best, need to be out there. But uh, And you went with Brandon Lowe. Uh, again, very deserving. But I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to go with Whit Merrifield. Uh, Whit Merrifield, a lot of people forget that he had that very long hitting streak. And he kind of slowed down ever since uh, the 33-game or 34-game hitting streak. But, uh, you know, he's still putting up he's still putting up numbers for them. And Casey needs a representative uh, to me. Uh, he would be that representative. Uh, so I will throw him out there, uh, no doubt about that. Um, third base, uh, just looking at the ballot here. I know you went with Devers. Uh, and Devers is a very good choice. He is awesome right now, uh, the way he's hitting the ball. But... This is where, again, I believe the stars need to be in there. You're forgetting the fact that Alex Bregman is having an astronomical, insanely good year, uh, batting 270 with 17 homers, 40 RBIs. Uh, oh, no, I didn't forget. I had him on my ballot last week, but because I threw it out, I forgot, so I'm doing this off the top of my head. So. <laughs> uh, I understand. I understand. I'm looking yeah. at the ballot myself, uh, so I'm able to kind of compare uh, compare and contrast. And Devers is, again, having a great season. A nice breakout season. I like to see him hit more for power, but, you know, he's batting 316. He only has eight homers, but uh, on base plus slugging, Bregman's Bregman's up by 60 points. Uh, so, you know, I got to I gotta do that. Uh, shortstop, again, stars. I got to have the stars there. Uh, I believe you went with Polanco. Again, completely deserving, no doubt about it. I can't start him over Francisco Lindor, who I truly believe is the best shortstop in baseball. Uh, he came back off an injury, and, you know, he's kind of had a slow start, but he's starting to pick it up, and right now he's down close to 300. He just hit two homers again tonight as we record here on Tuesday night. And uh, a guy, I must say, also deserves all-star credit, and he should get it, again, because every team needs a representative. Uh, I honestly really want to see Tim Anderson in the all-star game. He's not going to start, but I think he'll make the ballot. So that's good there. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, you said catcher. That's again, looking at the ballot. I'm just looking at it in order. Okay. Outfield. We're on the outfield. Uh, I like that you picked Meadows. Uh, I'm not going to go with Meadows. I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Uh, Joey Gallo, who I actually really like that pick as well. He was on my ballot, but I'm going to go Mike Trout, Joey Gallo. And I couldn't believe, again, you forgot this name, but again, just based off what you were saying in terms of, you know, not having anything, not having everything in front of you, George Springer. Yeah, that's, that's who I one. had last. That's a good one. You know what's yeah. fun? You know what's funny, Dre? Last week when I had my note, I actually did have my outfield as George Springer, Joey Gallo, and Austin Meadows. I had Trout off of it. Really? You got trout off of it. I did. <laughs> That's it. See, the star's going to be there, and I understand if trout's going to be the trout again. You know, he's not putting up on the surface. He's probably not putting up the numbers of Meadows. And I, again, I completely where I get where you're coming from. Get where you are coming from in terms of 
guys who deserve to be there as opposed to the actual stars. Well, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. I can't, I can't not start him. He's got to be there. He's Uh, going to be there. I just can't not start him. No, because you're fought. Because then you start falling into the same trap that every single other MLB fan fell into is when you pick the stars over the guys who actually deserves it. That's why Derek Jeter was a all-star for fucking 15 straight years. I get that. He played a solid shortstop, you know, for a very long time. And, you know, he shouldn't make it batting 240, but you're talking about Mike Trout. I mean, he's not, he's not, no, he's not batting at 357 like but Austin I, Meadows. All yeah. three of those guys are having better seasons than him, though. And I'm sorry. They, I they just thought. Again, I get that, but I, he's the best player in baseball. I mean, he's, he's starting in my lineup. I think that's just all there is to it. I, can't make a case for him not to start despite the success of Austin Meadows. I just can't do it. At the end of the season, I will gladly probably put Mike Trout as a starter, but it's the All-Star game. We are judging what happened for the first two, first third of the season, and so far he's the fourth-best outfielder right now. That's fair. Again, I 100% understand where you're coming from. I really do. So who, uh, but who, yeah, who are that's your outfielders again? Gallo, Springer, Trout. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to go Verlander across the board for starting pitcher. Gary Sanchez across the board for the starting for the starting catcher, for me at least. i got to throw him in there. Um, no one else has bit done as well as him this year. He's kind of displayed that power from behind the plate. Um, the Kraken has been released, um, as they say. Um, at first base, <laughs> release the crack. Right, and you guys like that. Um, at first base, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stray away from Luke Voigt. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jose Abreu. His average hasn't been there. He's only he's hitting just below 250, but he's got 15 home runs and 50 RBIs. Um, I think that puts him in contention to you know be the starter in the All Star game. Um, so he's there for me. Second base. I'm going to go back to the Yankees, I think. I think I'm going to go with DJ LeMahieu. Um, he's, he's, I think he's leading the league in average right now. Six home runs, 34 RBIs. He's been one of the guys that has kind of stepped up for the Yankees as they've gone through all of these injuries. Um, so I'm going to go with DJ LeMahieu for my starting second baseman, third baseman. Uh, I'm going to go back to Bregman. Um, uh, Rafi's there for me. He's been one of the catalysts in there. Their improvement over the past month and a half, um, but Bregman's absolutely crushing the ball right now. 17 home, 17 home runs, 40 RBIs, um, and he's got a .947 OPS. Um, so you got to put him in contention for, for that starting third baseman um, for the AL, for the American League. Um, we'll go over to shortstop. I don't think there's any debate. Um, I think it's got to be Jorge Polanco. He's been one of the best players in the league this season as um, both of you kind of touched on, even though Dre went with Lindor. Um, but I think he, he, he's up there. He's, he's got to be. Um, he's probably going to be the MVP at the end of the season um, if he keeps it up. But there are two players that I do want to throw out there. Um, <coughs> Aldoberto Mondesi is one of them. He's got 42 RBIs for Kansas City. Um, hitting 285. He could be contention. Also, my boy Xander Bogarts hitting 305, 12 home runs, 39 RBIs for the Bo Sox. Um, could both be in contention, even though the Red Sox aren't, you know, playing up to their standards. But he's been one of the guys to kind of keep them afloat over the course of the season. Um, we'll go to the outfielders. So I'm going to stay with Mike Trout. Um, I mean, he's the he's the face of baseball. He's got to be in there. 
Um, I like Joey Gallo as well. He's up there. I'm going to go with a guy that um, neither of you said and I think deserves a little recognition, I guess. Um, I forgot about Meadows. Shit. Uh, Meta- <laughs> 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 um, so I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to switch it up. Uh, Mike Trout, Austin Gothard, Austin Meadows in there. Rather than having Joey Gallo in there, I'm going to go to Houston and I'm going to go with Michael Brantley. Um, he's hitting 329. Ah, I like that. I like uh, that. The he's other outfielder. Yes, yes. He's in 329, 10, 10 home runs, 37 RBIs, 918 OPS. Um, none of the Red Sox outfielders have lived up to their standards this year, so I'm not even going to consider any of them. Um, but Brantley's hitting the cover off the ball. He's doing well for them. He's doing well for the Astros in Houston. And, um, I mean, no one else is – I don't even ho- know how Aaron Judge is even on the ballot. Um, that doesn't make really any sense, but Meadows and Mike Trout will round out my American League outfield. Debate? Do we miss anyone, guys? Uh, I don't think we did. Uh, I like your ballot a lot. I like you giving Michael Brantley the recognition as well. Uh, again, guy who just won't start for me, but a guy who I think deserves recognition and also deserves to make the team. Yeah, not really anyone that I can think of. No, um, yeah, no really glaring weaknesses. I mean, we'll see how it goes on uh, the actual announcement because there's definitely guys from different teams that need to be represented in some way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure, without a doubt. A Um, lot of guys back out too, and again, that'll be down the road when mm -hmm. the actual you know ballots are filled, when the actual teams are rounded out, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So uh, we'll figure that out here in a month or so. Yeah, I think we need to get to the NL because the NL is going to be probably the most divisive of, of all of us. Yeah. I, um, I will say this. The NL this year is extremely deeper than the American League, and it's not even close. This should be the year that the National League, I think, just puts the hurt on them. Yeah, I think they will. I definitely think they will. Um, I mean, since I went last, I guess I'll go first, if that's all right with you guys for the NL. By all means. Yeah, <laughs> all right. please do. This should be, this should be interesting. Um, I don't need, like, I'm looking at the starting pitchers. I don't even know who I want to go with, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, there's just, this is so difficult. Um, like, I kind of want to go Serger just because of the name. Um, he's obviously one of the top pitchers in baseball. But I think I got to give respect to the guy out in Los Angeles who's not named Clayton Kershaw, and that's oh god, can someone say it for me? Hugh Hinjin Hinjin Ryu Hinjin Ryu Hinjin Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the start for the National League. Even you know he's he's got the lowest ERA in the league. He's leading the National League in wins, um, 69 strikeouts, 73 innings pitched. Um, he's he's done what he's needed to do. Um, especially in the month of May, he had a very, very very hot um month of May. Our first base, um, or we can start it there since it's at the top of the ballot. Guys, like, I think this is, this might be the toughest debate of them all. Would you agree? Yes. It's, yes. Yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it is so hard like to you, figure out this one. Like, I don't think you can go, like, I think there's a legitimate at least three guys that you could go with and, like, you wouldn't go wrong. Um, but just because... Actually, so Cody Bellinger is not listed at first base. He's no, listed as an outfielder. Yeah. Okay. So that I mean that makes my job easy. I'm gonna go Josh Bell, um, because I was debating between Josh Bell and Cody Bellinger. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Josh Bell at first base. 
I'm moving on to second base. I'm going to go – oh, my gosh. Probably going to go with Ozzy Albies from the Atlanta Braves. Cattell Marte, Marte is having a pretty solid year, though, 43 RBI. He's my guy for my runs. second baseman, spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I, figured, I figured you were going to go with your Arizona boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Moustakas is also right there with 37 RBI, 16 home runs. Um, third base, it's got to be Arenado, right? Um, yeah, it's got to be Arenado. 16 home runs, 52 RBIs, 345 average. Um, he's got to just sign that big contract at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to go with uh, Nolan Arenado for my starting third baseman. Shortstop. Guys, this is – I'm just, like, kind of scrolling through this. This is difficult. <laughs> this is difficult. I'm very like I'm a very indecisive person, and this is this just, the NL is making it difficult. It's like I'm gonna go Trevor Story from the Rockies. I'm gonna go go all Colorado left side of the infield. Two ninety three average, fifteen home runs, forty two RBIs. Um, so we'll stick with that one. Catcher. Hmm. Where do I want to go here? I'm glad we. I'm glad we're doing this tonight, guys. This is tough. Um, <laughs> J, JT Real Muto um, from the Phillies, uh, 265 average, 9 home runs, 35 RBIs. He's going to be my catcher behind the plate, the new guy in Philadelphia. And then we go to the outfield. Um, well, Cody Bellinger, I've already mentioned his name. He's definitely my first outfielder in. Um, who else do I want to go with, guys? Let's see how it goes. So many to choose from. Can't give it to Bryce Harper. Can't give it. To, can't throw Starling Marte in the mix. This is just such a long list. Such a long list. Yelich has obviously got to be in there. So Cody Mellinger, Christian Yelich, and da na 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 na. South again. This is so deep, man. Um, it's so deep across the board. It's so deep. Uh, it's got to be Charlie Blackman for me. Um, he's hitting three hundred, ten home runs, thirty-one RBIs. Um, so Blackman, Bellinger, and Christian Yelich round out my outfield for the National League. I like it. I like it a lot. That's uh, like I didn't think it was gonna be that tough. That's tough. Like that's hard. It is. Tough. <laughs> it is. When you when you look when you look at everybody in the ballot, it's tough. Um, Malik, I hope you don't mind going last since you went first. I'll just stay in the middle unless you by want. By all to... means, by all means, man. Uh, all right, all right. First base. Um, I just want to. I'm just going to say Josh Bell, just for the fact he's been absolutely incredible. I mean, he was the Player of the Month in May, but I'm going to start naming some guys here that all deserve credit, and they're all going to come before perennial All Star Paul Goldschmidt. This is my list in the ballot, and no particular order, but these are the guys that I think deserve all-star recognition at this position ahead of, again, Paul Goldschmidt. Pete Alonzo. Yep. I believe you should be there. 263 average, 19 homers, 44 RBIs. Right now, my rookie of the year in the National League. Freddie Freeman. He's another guy who I think deserves to be there ahead of Paul Goldschmidt. Again, perennial all-star Paul Goldschmidt. Reese Hoskins having a nice season, driving in 42 homers or 42 RBIs. I believe he leads that team in RBIs right now for the Phillies, yep. uh, especially because Bryce Harper's been so up and down. You can make an argument for Max Muncie, but I'm not going to. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Anthony Rizzo. He's another guy who I believe 
deserves to be in there ahead of Paul Goldschmidt, perennial all-star, hitting 284, 16 homers, 43 RBIs. I would then go Goldschmidt and then Muncie. That is extremely, it's, it's, it's extremely tough. And again, Josh Bell for me, no doubt about it. Number one, all-star in that position, but that just says number one, how deep first baseman is in the national league, but more so how great of a season Josh Bell is. Cause if you know, we'll find out here with Malik in a second, I'm 95% sure he's also going to go Josh Bell, but yeah, he's my starting first baseman. Second baseman again, uh, it's, I like you going to tell Marte, Malik, who spoiled it. And then Mac actually going Ozzy Elby's kind of took me by surprise. I am going to go with the Moose yeah. uh, just because, again, looking at the ballot, uh, you know, power numbers, again, he leads. He he's not, No one's even close to him. Oh, Marte's close to him, actually. He has 14 yeah. homers. But uh, I'm going to go with the Moose here uh, just because, you know, 268, uh, 16 homers, 37 RBIs. I mean, he's well-deserved. Uh, you know, and we'll all be different there, which I actually really like that. So, uh, Dolan Arenado, uh, I think is the most obvious choice at third, uh, having an insane year. Uh, a guy I thought about putting here, but I'm not going to do it is Rendon. When Shaw was out, but now he's back and he's listed on the ballot, uh, considering that is his primary position at second base. I know Malice Gones could tell Marte. So I like us all being different right there. Uh, third base, I'm going Arenado. Again, uh, a guy I thought about putting there is Rendon, and it wouldn't be a bad pick. Rendon is having a very, very good year, uh, but uh, the Nationals aren't that good of a team. And I mean, it's very disappointing that Rendon is the one bright spot, and I expect him to be on the roster. I'm just not putting him on my starting lineup. Uh, so from there, I will go shortstop. I'm going Javi Diaz here. Uh, for me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, I actually think Javi Baez is – he's near the top of my MVP ballot. Uh, I think he's one of the best players on that team, best all around. And he's one, he's one of, if not the most fun player to watch uh, in baseball. About. 100%. Yeah, he, he's he's incredible. So I, I got him there. And I'm glad you kind of put Story there because he's the other guy that's deciding. But the fact he took Story made it easier for me to take Baez. Um, and catcher – Catcher's tough. I kind of want to go with Wilson Contreras, but to be different, uh, this guy deserves a lot. I think he deserves a lot of credit. He, to me, is one of the best offseason acquisitions for any team in Major League Baseball, and that's Yasmani Grandal. Uh, him going to the Brewers, he kind of helped help puts that rotation and helps lift them up, uh, and he's having a great season at the plate. 277 average, 12 homers, 30 RBIs. Uh, but yeah, his, his catching skills, his actual catching skills behind the plate, uh, pitch framing at some of the best uh, out there. Uh, he's up there. I think he should be in the discussion as best catcher, as one of the best catchers with Real Muto. Uh, so I'm putting him there. Um, outfield, Bellinger and Yelich, no doubters for me. Uh, I don't think it's a debate at that point. The third one might be a little bit surprising, uh, to say the least. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jock Peterson here. Uh, young Jock. Wow, okay. Young yeah. Jock. Young Jock Peterson, man. He's having it. He's actually having incre- uh, an incredible year, I think. And a lot of people, when you watch him, kind of a lot of people, I think, wrote him off too young because he came up so early where he struggled a lot with left-handed pitching. But he's, 
really hit his stride this year. And he's batting right now. Uh, he's batting 270, uh, 267 to be exact. But he has 18 homers, 33 RBIs, on base plus slugging of 1,022. Uh, to me, you know, and the other guy I thought about putting there, I don't want, I'm not going to say it until after because I don't know if, I don't know if Malik's going to, I don't want to rain on Malik's possible parade. Uh, but well, I'll tell you at the end, but I'll say this, uh, young Jock, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him the nod there. I think you'd stick him in center. Have Bellinger at right, and then Yelich at left, or vice versa. And then you have Jothman down the center field spot. So uh, that would be my oh pitching. I guess I forgot my pitcher. Almost uh, man, uh, pitching's tough. It is tough. And I was looking at everybody. I understand. Uh, I understand Gunn Scherzer there. Uh, I think he's having another good year. Uh, but for me, this guy is having an absolutely better year, better year. And it's not Hinjin Ryu. It's Luis Castillo. Uh, that's Ooh, a, okay, okay. That's a guy who I absolutely slammed. And, you know, uh, week one of Major League Baseball season, I didn't think he was going to be an ace. And this guy right now, he's been so good that I go from that from that take to now putting him in my all-star lineup. He's been that good, uh, sporting a 2.45 ERA. And, you know, he's here in the tops in the National League in strikeouts at 82. Uh, his changeup is one of the best actually in baseball right now. So I'd like to see him go out there and face guys like Mike Trout, guys like Francisco Lindor, you know, legitimate stars in this league, George Springer. Uh, I, I want to see him versus those guys. I want to, you know, I want to put him up to the test. And, you know, I think as a 23-year-old, you know, if he goes out there and shines, it's going to boost his confidence and it's really going to help the Reds a team who's kind of, you know, sort of up on the rise with all the young talent coming through the pipeline and stuff, guys like Senzel. Uh, so I'm throwing him out there on the bump. I'm giving him the nod. I like it. I like it, Dre. Solid choices all across the board. Malik, finish it up for us, buddy. All right. So my starting pitcher, I'm going to go Max Scherzer. Uh, I think we all kind of did something differently, and I was picking between Ryu and Scherzer, but I think Scherzer is the one of the main bright spots on this Nationals team, So, and he's still the dominant self that we know and love. So I'm going to go Scherzer. Uh, catcher, I'm going to go Wilson Contreras. Uh, I originally was thinking of going Yasmani Grandal, but uh, to be honest, I think I think Contreras is putting up a little better numbers, and I think Grandal might have be a better defense, but in terms of individual stats, I'm going to go with Contreras on this one. First base has got to be Josh Bell. Um, I mean, it's across the board. He's having a monster year, and game recognizes game at that point, but yes, it is very, very close to try to figure out who should – the starting first baseman because so it is options. so deep. It's so deep. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, second base, yeah, you guys already know I'm going Cattell Marte. Uh, he is having a monster year right now in terms of the, in terms of overall second base play in the National League, and I think he is the most deserving of an All Star nod there. Shortstop, I know I bash him a lot on this podcast, but I'm gonna go Javi. Uh, Javi's having a, a hell of a year, and uh, he is the biggest bright spot on that in that Cubs lineup. So I'm going to go with him third base. Dre, I'm kind of mad that you said Rendon because I wanted to bring him up uh, as a dark horse candidate instead of Nolan Arenado, but I am going to go Nolan Arenado in my case, because his numbers this year are just ridiculous. And the Rockies were off to a slow start this year to begin with, but they have turned it around and Nolan Arenado has been the anchor for that lineup. So I got to go there. 
Great minds think alike, man. That's yeah. all there is to it. We, like you said, game recognizes game, and we both understand that Rendon is an absolute stud. Yeah. But you know, and he again, I believe, and I know you know this. He's going to make the team, uh, just not starting him over Arenado. No, absolutely not. And then uh, my outfield, uh, too consistent, obviously. Uh, Bellinger and uh, Yelich, they're both deserving of it. Um, both putting up incredible years. And then my third outfielder, I'm going to go Charlie Blackman. Uh, Charlie Blackman was very, very sluggish to start this year. I think he was hitting like 180 at one point in yeah. April yeah. and has turned it around to the point where I believe he's now hitting 290-something. So it's a hell of a turnaround for him, and I think he is definitely deserving an all-star nod. And uh, I, I think Harper will get in just because of his popularity, but as of right now, in terms of who is most deserving, I think it's Blackman. Yeah, he was he was killing my fantasy team earlier. Blackman, by the way, is ex- he is exactly 300 average. Yeah, he's like really yeah. at it. So, uh, did you say shortstop, or did I miss that? Yeah, I said Javi. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That is my bad. Uh, Dre, Dre just I wanted like, to have you say it again, so that. <laughs> 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 um. What about Azuna? Like, does does Azuna deserve a spot on the All Star team? I'm just kind of looking at his stats. His average isn't there, but he's got 51 RBIs. Um, I would say, again, I think this is a case of he's going to make it, uh, you know, as a bench guy. But there's, I think there's two guys legitimately, and they both play for a scene team, who I think deserve recognition and deserve to be on that uh, all-star team more so. Dan Ozuna, I understand he has 51 RBIs, but two guys I really like here, uh, guy I was going to put on my ballot, but then I saw that his team was playing a little better, so I just left them both off to kind of, you know, offset kind of how that works out with because they're on the same team. Uh, Framel Reyes and Hunter Renfrow. Good pick. Good mm-hmm. pick. Framel Reyes you know, is having a great power year. He really is. And Hunter Renfrow is right there. They both, both of them have 17 homers. Uh, you know, their RBI numbers aren't up there uh, with Reyes. Uh, only driving in 29 and then Renfro driving in 33. But in terms of the power, considering the park that they play in, uh, I would put them up there. I would put them up there ahead of Ozuna. Uh, but again, Ozuna is a guy who I think will no doubt make the team. Uh, him playing at St. Louis uh, will help. Uh, if he ends up being on the last ballot, I think that is, I think that's a snub in itself. Uh, but I think ultimately he would still get in. But even a guy like Adam Jones, who's uh, a guy, that's a guy that a lot of people have written off. And then yeah. he, you know, it, it, he struggled to get a contract and he signs the Arizona one-year deal. And he's putting up all star numbers, batting 280, 12 homers and 37 RBIs. So there's another guy, you know, that you could put ahead of Ozuna, uh, possibly, you know, not even mention Bryce Harper, uh, his name alone, you know, because I believe, you know, the stars should be there. The best guys should be there. But, uh, you know, if Ozuna gets in, and I, I believe you will, uh, you know, it'd be well-deserved. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, we, we've talked about, for the last 20 minutes, we've talked about the the current stars um, of the league. And as we kind of touched on at the beginning of this podcast, uh, the first couple rounds of the MLB draft have passed. Um, and I kind of want to go over these the first 10 picks of the of this year's MLB draft with you guys. If you don't mind, 
<clears throat> Hold on. Again. None whatsoever, my uh, I don't either. From the, start, <laughs> from the stars of today to the stars of tomorrow. Yes, yes. That's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at. Um, so we kind of already talked about um, first round, first number one, number one overall pick, Adley Rushman from Rushman, Rushman, Rushman from Oregon State, Oregon State. However you want to say it, because um, supposedly I say it weird. Um, potato, potato. <laughs> um, but just to kind of go down through the the first ten picks of the draft, um, Bobby Witt Jr. from uh, Coleyville, Texas Heritage High School, um, went number two to the Kansas City Royals. Um, at number three, the Chicago White Sox picked Andrew Vaughn, a first baseman from Cal. Um, at number four, the Miami Marlins picked J.J. Blade, an outfielder from Vanderbilt. Number five, the Detroit Tigers picked Riley Green, an outfielder from Haggerty High School in Oviedo, Florida. Number six, San Diego Padres picked C.J. Abrams, a shortstop from Blessed Trinity High School. We kind of talked about him in the pre-production meeting. Um, has a lot of speed. We'll see if he stays at shortstop, seeing the talent they have there now. Um, the Cincinnati Reds at number seven picked Nick Lodolo, a left-handed pitcher from TCU. At number eight, Texas Rangers picked Josh Jung, a third baseman from Texas Tech. Number nine, the Atlanta Braves picked Shane Langliers. Well, Langliers, a catcher from Baylor. Thank you, Malik. And then at number 10, the San Francisco Giants picked my boy Hunter Bishop, an outfielder from ASU. Forks up. Um, boys, what did you think about these first 10 picks of the draft? Uh, it, it's kind of scary to see just how very weak this pitching group is this year, especially mm -hmm. at the top where uh, Nick Lodolo, who I honestly don't e do not see as a top of the rotation guy going number seven overall. Um, it's nice to see the fact that the hitting group in this year was so strong. Um, Hunter Bishop, especially, was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere this year and kind of vaulted his way up into the first round play. So credit where credit is due. He's getting to get himself a nice payday for uh, the giants. Um, some very, very intriguing high school bats. Uh, I was watching the draft yesterday and uh, Jim Callis, who is uh, one of the lead guys from OB pipeline had a great uh, comparison for Bobby Wood jr. For Kansas city Royals. He said, and I quote, he believes that Bobby Wood jr. Is going to have, a similar impact as Patrick Mahomes did on the Kansas City Chiefs when he comes up to the majors. Ooh, I like that's that. High, that's some oh. high praise on someone like that, and that's a lot of faith in a potential five-tool shortstop that can do everything for you. So very, very intrigued uh, by it. But, uh, Mac, I wanted to get – wanted to, like, talk for a sec about how stunned you were that the, the San Diego Padres decided to take a shortstop in C.J. Abrams 6 overall. I understand – the yeah. logic that like Fernando Tatis is there, but here's the thing: like uh, shortstops, especially whenever they're from high school or from college, one of the reasons that shortstops go so high and in the first round, I believe this year there were 13 shortstops taken, which is a record. Yeah. But the reason that it's a thing is that shortstops are also the most versatile. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that you can put, or even in high school, for instance, when you're building your best players, you build it up the middle. Mm -hmm. Put your catcher, your shortstop, and your center fielder. And the way that it works is those guys are usually the ones that can kind of be interchanged across the field. So even though C.J. Abrams is a shortstop by trade, that speed is going to be killer when he moves around. He could probably be a corner outfielder. He could probably be a center fielder. You could probably put him at second base. So just because he was drafted as a shortstop doesn't mean he is going to be 
the guy to replace Fernando Tatis at some point. And you also got to think, too, high schoolers take much longer to develop than your typical college players. College players, I would say, if you're good enough, you should make the majors in about three years if you're good. Mm-hmm. High schoolers, you got to fill out – your body has to fill out still. You got to get game repetition. You got to be able to learn how to play every day. On a best-case scenario, it's like five to six years for a high schooler. So – a lot can happen in five years. And obviously, we all have faith in Fernando Tatis, but I'm just saying, you never know. I mean, Tatis yep. could end up at third base for all we know, or C.J. Abrams could end up in the outfield for all we know. There's just a lot to play out here. So don't get too kind of iffy about someone being drafted when we have someone there. It's like yeah. if, if the Pirates would have taken a first baseman, knowing that we have Josh Bell, I wouldn't have thought otherwise about it just because a lot can change in five to six years. Definitely. Yeah, and specifically with Abrams, uh, to add, uh, him being a shortstop, you know, you already know that he has a good arm, and with that speed, him in the outfield, no matter where he goes, uh, you know, you already know that if he were to transition the outfield, he can handle it because he's a shortstop by trade. Uh, typically, it's one of your strongest arms on the diamond, as well as your most athletic. So uh, Malik hits the nail on the head, but this ultimately goes back to the philosophy of you know, in Major League Baseball, we draft for talent and purely talent. And when you talk about Abrams, him having, again, last week a touch on the 2080 scale, uh, he's an 80 runner, which tells you that, he, you know, he flies. Like Billy Hamilton, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's fast as Billy Hamilton. I guess we'll, you know, that, I guess that remains to be seen. But in terms of the 20 to 80 scale, him getting an 80 means it's, he has a better pull. He has a better pull than anybody. So you know you want to try and utilize that and fit that to where your team and mold that to where your team is. And right now, just looking at what they have, you know, when you talk about the future, I believe he will end up in center field because there's that's really. I mean, right now it's basically Manuel Margot and Will Myers, but you don't know if that's going to stick because again, we talked about Hunter Renfro, who's an outfielder by trade, as well as Frank Mill Reyes, who both, you know, ultimately are, you know, big power guys. And, you know, if you put those guys out there, you have a you have an open spot in center field, uh, with Machado manning third and with Tatis manning shortstop. So, you know, they'll find a spot for him. And maybe it's not center field. It might even be second base, because again, D. Gordon was a guy who, you know, we look at right now, who's extremely fast. And he plays second base. And he also played some center field where he recently, you know, made that transition. Uh, so you look at that. And then a lot of people don't really know this as well. Uh, here's a perfect example of a good transition. Uh, Justin Upton, when he was mm-hmm. drafted way back in the day, I believe it was, uh, I want to say, 05? Is that yeah, the draft? It was, yeah, it was the, I believe it was the cut, McCutcheon's draft. Yes. Uh, he was drafted out of high school as a shortstop. And now you look at him, he's a corner outfielder. So, you know, he added all the muscle and things like that where he could not play shortstop anymore. Uh, So, you know, you will find a guy, you will find, you'll find a position for a guy like that. Uh, Yeah. And the new philosophy now when it comes to drafting hitters, uh, especially over the last couple of years has been, you prioritize the bat more than anything. And then as long as you are able to kind of just be passable in the field, you're going to play that hit that hit tool is now kind of the most important thing that scouts look for when it comes to drafting hitters. It's not so much defense anymore. It's more so is, can you, do you have gap power? Can you get the ball in play and can you adjust your swing to add more power to your game? Yes. And 
I will say this uh, again to go, I guess, to go counter to counter the previous argument of BPI or best player available BPA. I'm sorry. Uh, Nick Lodolo for the Reds, I guess he looking at his scouting report, he profiles as like a mid rotation guy. But look at what they have in the rotation right now. You're looking at Luis Castillo as, you know, your ace, but then your number two, you're, you're looking at former, you know, number one, uh, high pick, number one, number two, uh, Hunter Green, you know, just got Tommy John surgery. So he's a guy that they're counting on to be another top rotation starter. So if Lodolo does project to be that guy, uh, him being a college guy at that means he's, you know, he's more likely to get there sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, you have a nice young trio of guys in righty Luis Castillo, Hunter Green, pending his recovery from Tommy John, which usually ends up being good. And then you have Lodolo. Uh, so, you know, that's that's another way, I guess, to really kind of look at it when you uh, in terms of your philosophy, Mac, of how, you know, how do guys fit on the on the team that's currently constructed? Yeah, for sure. I mean, as, as soon as we, when we were talking about in the pre-production meeting, as soon as you guys said, like, hey, I mean, he's he's got the athleticism to kind of move wherever. Um, so he's definitely he might not even stay at his shortstop, but he's just being drafted. That's where he was in yeah. high school. So it makes complete sense. As soon as you guys said it, you know, a light turned out of my head, and I was like, oh, duh, like <laughs> I'm an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows? He yeah. might not even be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might yeah, get he traded. Very, yeah, he very well could be a part of a package to bring someone in. It, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. A lot can happen yeah. in the their journey from um, the minor leagues, low A ball up in. Um, to the big club, to the MLB. So who knows? Um, but guys, we are, we are coming to um, kind of running out of time here. So I do want to touch on a couple more topics before um, we end out this episode of Heart of the Order. Uh, first thing I want to touch on, um, now that the draft is here um, and is kind of going through 40 rounds of picks, um, Dallas Keuchel, Craig Kimbrell, still out there, unsigned. Um, teams can sign them now without any penalty of losing a pick. Where do you think they land? Who do you think they could benefit from? Um, from what I've heard today, from what I've seen today, supposedly there's rumors that the Yankees are going to get Dallas Keuchel and like he'd even be willing to cut his beard. And the, I think it was the MLB account or the ESPN account showed a picture of Dallas Keuchel before he had his beard and it did not like even look like him whatsoever (laughs) it was the strangest thing i've ever seen like james harden without a beard it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen (laughs) like the johnny damon yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) um so i mean where do you think these two guys can end up guys who do you think they can help um what do you think of where they could end up so i remember a while ago on a podcast episode i said neither of them were gonna sign yeah you still think Um, that Honestly, after the amount of news and rumors that have kind of spread about and the fact that the draft's not over, that just talks have started to heat up. I'm now going to go against that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think for Keuchel, I, I agree. I think the Yankees are probably going to be the team that gets him. Also, because I feel like Keuchel is not going – I feel like the Yankees are also the team that Keuchel is more than willing to cut his price for. Because um, they got a shot and, at championship. Yeah, and with Kimbrel, I'm gonna lean towards the Cubs. To be honest with you, I, I feel like the Cubs are the main team right now that kind of needs a little bit extra juice in that bullpen of theirs, and I feel like he'd be a great spot there. 
Um, I do think Keiko will probably be more ready to go than Kimbrell will, though. So I think Keiko might be able to might be able to sign, uh, get a couple bullpen sessions, and then be able to start almost immediately. Uh, Kimbrell, I feel like might need maybe three weeks in the minors just to get his arm kind of heated back up again because they need him in some very very high intense situations and yeah. he needs to be at a game mode in order to go. For sure, Dre, what do you think? Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with the Kimbrel take in terms of him going to the Cubs. Uh, just looking at what they have, uh, they've had closer issues all year. They have she they have a uh, Steve Shishek, you know, he has five saves. And then Pedro Strope is some, another guy who has five saves. So they don't really have no, they don't really have a lot of, you know, defined roles in this bullpen. And Kimbrel, we all know, is a closer by trade. Uh, you know, so he's a guy that you go in there and you can solidify, and then you could take all the moving parts and use them, you know, situationally in terms of Strope who's had success as a setup guy. Shishek, who's also been a setup guy since his career, he was also a former closer. And then they have guys like Kinsler. Uh, you know, it'll take a little bit of time, but I think with the relievers, they're a little bit more – I think they'll be a little bit more quicker to adapt. Uh, and the Cubs could use them now because that NL Central, uh, we all know, is a dogfight. So uh, I, whole, again, wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different, though, for Keiko. Uh the Yankees, I believe, give him the best chance. Uh, but in the end, just looking at, you know, what he needs uh, or what he wants, I should say, uh, in terms of money. And, yeah, he would take a pay cut for the Yankees. Uh, don't blame him for that. Again, that's a team that right now is absolutely, you know, scary, considering the fact that they just aren't healthy and they're still near the top of the league. But I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins. Ooh. I think if, yeah, I I believe that if they throw him in between Odorizzi and Barrios, you have a nice one, two, three uh, right there, righty, lefty, righty matchup going. They have the pen. They have the bats. Uh, you get that one more starting pitcher, and you also preserve your farm if you sign a guy like Keiko. Uh that's a guy that's had experience pitching in the American League. I understand talking about the Yankees. That's nice. But he doesn't have to deal with the pressure. You can go to a team right now that is just firing on all cylinders and having fun doing it. So, you know, it'd be a nice situation for him to be in, especially after such a disappointing, you know, ha- past eight, nine months where he didn't get what he wanted until, you know, uh, the MLB draft came. So I think that the Minnesota Twins would be a perfect fit for him. I like that. I like. I did not see that coming whatsoever, but I like it. That's a that's, no, I that's a great I, I spot love, for him. I love the preserve the farm system too, because that makes so much sense on their part as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small market team. You know, that's a you know that's a team where they if he gets that one year deal and he helps them. The Minnesota Twins, if he helps propel them up into the upper, and right now they are up a upper echelon in terms of you know their record, but you know Cleveland's going to be there. Uh, no matter what, that's a again a good team, a team that's you know going to find its legs. Uh, they'll be there competing at the end, uh, and then you have the three teams in the NL, uh, AL East with the Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays, and then obviously you have the Astros as well. Uh, I almost said the Astros, but there's no way he goes back to the Astros after that. Uh, so uh, the fact of the Twins, you know, uh, that's that's where I'm going. I like it. I mean, I like both of those takes. Um, real quickly, uh, let's get into a guy 
who unfortunately his season has ended. Um, Andrew McCutcheon uh, suffered an ACL tear. Um, his season has ended. Guys, his Pirates fans, him being the former face of the franchise. Um, how does this feel? It's disheartening to see. Uh, obviously, you never want to see a player go down with a season-ending injury like that, um, especially with someone like McCutcheon, who's a very emotional guy, too. Um, wears his heart on his sleeve, and he was very distraught, especially on social media. Um, you didn't think at the time that it was going to be bad, but then the news broke today that it's torn ACL. Um, it's, you know, it hurts, especially as a Phillies fan right now who are probably counting on him to be, you know, an anchor in that lineup to kind of just help them be a veteran, be a veteran presence. And it's definitely going to affect them moving forward. Um, and just look forward to seeing Cush next year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, disheartening. It sucks. Uh, just to say the least, uh, yeah, that's a guy they've signed to a three-year contract, three years, $50 million. Uh, you know, he's batting lead off to them and playing very well, might I add. He fit very well on that team in that lineup. And mm-hmm. to see him go down, you know, it's, it, it sucks. Uh, that's a guy, again, as a Pirate fan, no matter where he goes, I will always have love, respect him, uh, just because what he brought me personally as a fan. Uh, but he's it's just funny because, like, that's a guy that's only been injured once in his career and the injury wasn't even season ending. Uh, you know, when he took that 99 mile, mile an hour fastball from Randall Delgado to the ribs, 15 day DL at the time DL now it's the IL never really been hurt. Uh, the thing that really, really sucks, I guess about it, uh, is that he, the day he got hurt was actually the day he made his debut 10 years ago. Uh, for the Pirates so you know it's just weird it's just weird tidbits of how that happens but you know you know you know damn well he's probably thinking about that day in his mind like this is it this is my 10-year anniversary and then for that to happen was such a weird injury such a weird freak type injury it just it sucks Definitely. how he got hurt how he got hurt in that rundown I was talking about in the pre-show how like Kinsler Dropped up, you know, let a pop up fall, and then he gets caught and run down, and he's like sprinting back to first, tries to avoid a tag, kind of like he just kind of like spun a little bit, but like it, it, it was just weird. It didn't look like a typical ACL injury. Uh, so it, you know, wish him all the best. Hope he gets well, uh, you know, well quickly because I want to see him back on the diamond uh, next year stronger than ever. So, yeah, uh, you know, best wishes to Kutch. Definitely a sad thing to see, and as someone who suffered that injury before, it's not fun whatsoever. So, um, like you said, well wishes to Kutch. Um, that gets us to our last item um, of tonight's episode. Jay Bruce um, of the Seattle Mariners was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies um, over what's today? Is it third? Today was third? Yesterday. So it was traded last night um, to the Philadelphia Phillies for Class A infielder Jake Shiner and Caskin Shirt. Cash considerations. Um, Bruce is hitting 212 this year with 14 home runs and 28 RBIs, and he has struck out 53 times and 165 at bats. Guys, does this help the Phillies at all? Does this improve their standing um, in the NL East? I feel like it's just a band aid over a hole, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's really the best yeah. way I can look at it. Um, Jay Bruce is someone that I remember when he debuted when I was in high school. 
and I saw the power potential from this guy, I thought, oh my God, this guy could be a monster in the Reds. And he just has not lived up to that potential. Uh, he's been a solid major league contributor, don't get me wrong. But he is nothing more than a serviceable replacement at best. And he'd be a great bench bat. I'm not going to lie, but honestly, it's just I'm someone that's going to cover a hole that they need filled as of right now. Yeah. Uh, they were expecting him to provide some pop off the bench. A uh, guy with 14 homers, drove in 32 RBIs. He's not, I mean, he's hitting close to 200, uh, you know, as a 214 clip. And that's not ideal. Uh, you know, for an everyday baseball player, it wouldn't shock me to see them go out and get somebody else, maybe have a platoon type situation there. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's just funny again, how these things happen. They traded for Bruce, I believe the day, like before Kutch got hurt and then Kutch gets hurt. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we just got, you know, this guy is 14 homers. And we got to shoehorn him into the lineup now because we lost our, you know, $50 million outfielder who's having an exceptional year. Uh, so it's, it's just funny how that happens, but yeah, uh, I don't know what kind of impact he will have in that lineup. Uh, again, cause he's a guy that I'm not, he's a guy that's not going to see that many at bats, batting six hole at best, I think. So, you know, it remains to be seen, uh, you know, he's done it before, but you know, he's just, a, he's a guy that you, if he doesn't hit a homer, what kind of impact does he have? Cause his defense isn't that great. Uh, you know, watching him play defense and he was in left field today. It looked like he was struggling out there. So, uh, you know, I guess time will tell. Time time will definitely tell. And we'll see how the Phillies respond um, to his acquisition. But guys, that is all we have time for tonight. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Heart of the Order brought to you by ThoughtsFromTheBench.com, which brings us to our second favorite um, segment of the episode of the podcast the shameless plug segment Malik as always what do you got for us tonight uh well first off shameless plug to day three of the major league baseball draft which is dropping if you are listening to this on Wednesday today at noon rounds 11 through 40 I will have it on my earbuds listening to it while I'm at work and being unproductive second (laughs) thing to do obviously shameless plug episode of two beers deep coming at you from the new studio on thursday we actually have it set up this time Uh, we have chairs thank god you will see it in all of its glory this coming thursday Woo! yeah new new digs what's up trey um my shameless plug is just gonna be you know again stick with that mlb draft uh just gonna throw it out there it's a quinn priester not going to see him for a little bit, but I'm excited to see his progression. Uh, it kind of needs some pitching. Uh, you don't expect it to happen soon. But uh, here's a guy who has, again, as Malik said, he's a high school guy, but he has good stuff. The first high school pitcher taken. Uh, so this is a guy I'm excited to see develop in the system. Uh, so shameless plug to the Pirates as a fan and Quinn Priester. All right, guys. Um I don't I don't know who I want to give a shameless plug to. I think I'm gonna go. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go. Uh, Kevin Durant. I'm hoping he comes back in the NBA Finals this year. I'm hoping he plays at least one more game. Um, but I don't know if you guys saw it. There was um, a video of him in the hallway after uh, Game Two, where the Warriors beat the uh, 
beat the Toronto Raptors, and he was talking a bunch of smack to to Drake. Um, I thought that was Aubrey. Pretty, <laughs> Aubrey. <laughs> Aubrey. I thought that was pretty funny. I got a, I got a good chuckle out of it. He's talking a little trash in the hallway. Um, so Super I'm going <laughs> to give my shameless plug out to Kevin Durant tonight. Um, but, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Heart of the Order brought to you by Thoughts for the Bench. Um, stay tuned for next week. Our next episode's dropping, um, usually Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Um, but until then, good night. You guys want to say good night? See you in the bay, Aubrey. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> night, guys. <laughs>